want to make sure the mic is uh, on. Can everybody hear me? Excellent. Thank you. Well, I do not have a doctorate, but I have been to the doctors, so I don't know if that qualifies for something. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Doyle for um, giving me the opportunity uh, to share the Word of God uh, with you today. Uh, I'd just like to briefly, in 60 seconds, just kind of kind of give you an idea as to who, who I am. I know there are some new people here this morning. I was born and raised in Goffstown, New Hampshire, southern New Hampshire. I'm not from New York. I don't consider myself a New Yorker. I'm from New Hampshire. Um, I went to college uh, in Eastern Nazarene College in Boston, actually in Quincy, Massachusetts. Uh, I then, then went on to Japan uh, and went to seminary. Uh, I, went, I actually did part of my high school in Japan. Uh, but then I uh, eventually, and I didn't, this is not in my bio, I actually entered a Japanese speech contest um, and was able to uh, win first prize. First prize was actually a ticket to Japan. So I actually was able to go to Japan, eventually entered graduate school, uh, seminary, went to seminary there, got a master's degree in uh, missions, Christian missions, pastored there, came back. Actually, I was supposed to come... Uh, Originally, the, the reason for coming back was I was supposed to be uh, an interpreter for one of the Japanese baseball players on the Yankees. Uh, that didn't turn out because he ended up getting traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. So Yvonne says, oh, tough luck. I said, yeah, I just would have went to like four or five World Series, that's all. Um, but it's, it's, it was very, very, um, it, and, 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 and my wife and I have been attending here now for about uh, eight months, and we're very, very excited. Um, just an opening quick testimony in about probably 60 seconds uh, before I get into my message. Um, when my wife and I came in here, when we came through those doors right there, we thought, oh, you know, we're not, we weren't sure what we were going to expect. So we came in, and we had been visiting many other churches, boatloads of other churches. So we came in, we worshipped a couple times, and we struggled. We struggled about whether or not we wanted to stay or not. And I was at the door, and I'm like, do we come in? Do we not? Because I had a gripe. I had a problem. My problem was with Jeff. My problem was with Jay. My problem was with Hannah. My problem was with Leighton. My problem was with Kent, the worship team. I had a big problem with the worship team. Now, they're probably saying, oh, my word, how is he opening up his message like that? He's not doing a very good job. My problem was this. You guys were tugging at my heart. I would say to Yvonne, they're so good, I'm having a hard time not coming here. And they made the case for me and for us to be able to stay here. You guys permeated our hearts. You guys helped Yvonne and I to make the decision. With all due respect, Pastor Doyle, you're great, okay, okay. And I don't mean to minimize you, but the worship team helped Yvonne and I to make a decision to be able to continue coming here. January 2nd, we made a decision, Yvonne and I. I called Pastor Doyle, and I said, Pastor, we're in. We're coming. I, I can't guarantee we're going to be there for the next 30 years, but we want to commit to, uh, we, we want to commit to Crossroads. And he was very, very excited, and so were we. Amen? My scripture this morning is taken from Psalm 31, 
1 to 9. I'd like to read that. I know what's up on the screen here. I'm going to read that. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will, I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew my anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My soul and body with grief. Now, one of the good news is that I'm going to be, uh, I had actually tallied up all the times I preached in English and Japanese, and I've actually preached more times in Japanese than I have English. Uh, and so, but I always like to be able to have the opportunity to be able to preach in my native tongue. How many of us like video games? How many of us like to play video games either on our computer or either our smartphone or whatever, right? The hands go up. Okay. How many of us like to hand over our smartphone to someone else to play around with? (laughs) Pastor Doyle is like this. No way, right? Well, 45 years ago, this game right here ruled my family. When the joystick came out, Atari came out with their Pac-Man, right? That ruled our family. We had two other brothers and a sister. Okay, so the four of us, actually the three of us, we kind of just asked our sister to move, move aside. And we took over this game right here. We took care of the, we took those controls, that joystick, and we were there for hours. My dad said, you have, you, you have one hour. Okay, that meant one hour. If my mother said, you have one hour, that meant three hours. Okay? But we were always fighting over this joystick. We wanted to control that joystick. We wanted to control the game. And it was so, so hard to let go. And sometimes we couldn't. Sometimes we went over the time limit. And my father would get upset. And sometimes even my mother would get upset. But it was hard to let go of the controls. We wanted to control that game because we were in it. We were in the zone for many, many hours. Are there times when you feel the Lord has forsaken you? In other words, perhaps there is no answer or perhaps the Lord has taken too long to answer according to you. Well, if Jesus could have felt a little of that on the cross, I am sure that we more than qualify to feel that way sometimes. 
Jesus was nailed to the cross. Some people perhaps could, would say Jesus was in a pickle. Jesus had a big, big problem. He was nailed to the cross. And even though Jesus Christ had a human response of feeling God had forsaken him, he also had another human response. And that was possible only with the power of God, submitting to the will of God, trusting God. It had two types of feelings. And I'm sure we have felt that way sometimes. We felt like we had been forsaken, and then we also have another human response of submitting to the will of God. You may ask, okay, what's Jesus and the cross got to do with me? Well, a whole lot. Jesus asked us to take up our cross. Ouch. That hurts. But he said, asked us to do something else. He asked us not only to take up our cross, he asked us to follow him. Ouch, ouch. That hurts even more. Take, come follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Forty two years ago, about 42 years ago, I was obsessed with the future, my future, and details. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I was struggling with what to do. I really, truly did not know what to do and what I was going to become. So I decided to get a big piece of paper couple sheets, and I wrote down everything that I was going to do. By the day, by the minute, I had everything on that thing, that piece of paper. And I began writing, on the floor, writing, and writing. And it took me weeks to put this thing together. So after, after I was done, I looked at it, and I go, yes, I'm done. This is my plan for the next 20, 30 years Everything I'm going to do by the year, by the month, by the day, everything was right there in front of me. I looked at it. It was perfect. So I thought. After a couple days, what do you think happened? Things started to change. Well, I had to get an eraser. So I began erasing. I said, okay, one thing, that's no problem. I began erasing again. And the next day, two days later, I began erasing again. And I began erasing again. And that's all I did was erase and erase and erase and erase and erase for the next several weeks. And I'll never forget, I was so frustrated, I tore up the pieces of paper, crumbled them up, and I threw it in the garbage. And I said, God, I trust you. I trust you. I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. I don't know all these details, but you do. And it was from that day of tearing that piece of paper up that I started to trust God. I started to trust God. In today's scripture, my, scripture, my, my sermon title is Let Go. In today's scripture, we see that David's in trouble. David is in a pickle. <laughs> he is in a pickle. He's like, he's going through so much. His predecessor was Saul. 
His successor was Solomon. And obviously, as, as we know, we committed adultery with Bathsheba. He was forgiven. But he had problems on both sides. Saul was jealous of his popularity. Remember, he slay, he killed the, 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 the uh, champion giant, right? Goliath. He was popular. David was becoming popular. Saul didn't like that. Saul even tried to have him killed, and David narrowly escaped. And on the other hand, he's dealing with something else. His own son, Absalom. His rebellion. The opportunist. Fuel for vengeance against his dad. And so he was struggling. David, some would say, was in a pickle. Boy, was he in a pickle. But he cried out to the Lord. David knew his only hope was to put his situation in God's hands and rely on him. Amen? He knew his only hope was to put his situation in God's hands and rely on him. David knew how to let go of the controls, unlike me. I didn't want to let go of that joystick. I had to let go. David knew how to let go of the controls. You see, David lays down his heart and wounds before the Lord. He has a strong confidence, a strong confidence in the Lord. And what I like about Psalm 31, 1 to 9, is the psalmist has one refuge, one refuge, the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, too, is there for us, 24-7. In whose hands we can put our situation in hope. Are you in a pickle? Well, I have some good news today. God likes pickles. God is the master of pickles. And he wants you to share your problems, your troubles, your distresses with him. He wants us to do that. I have done that in my life. And I've never been let down. Has anyone here today ever tried to solve a problem without God? I'll repeat. Only, only several hands went up. Has anyone here ever tried to solve a problem without God? Okay, all the hands go up. We're all in this together. I'm not going to ask you how it went. <laughs> well, maybe I will. How'd it go? <laughs> Probably not too good. I have done that. And what we do is we get off track. We get off track. David, right, he, he tried to solve a problem without God, but he got back on track, and he was on track with the Lord. I'd like to share a list of things, situations, of times when I believe, firmly believe, when we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord, much like David did. I believe that there are some in here who will identify with at least one thing that I'm going to say, maybe two, maybe three, and perhaps more than that. I'd like to share with you this list. When should we let go, trust and rely on the Lord? When we feel regret. When we seek peace in our heart. When things are going smooth. When we don't understand God. 
when we feel satisfied, when we need forgiveness, when we seek a better life, when we are sick, we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. When we begin a new job, or when we lose our job, when we encounter evil, when we lose a loved one, when we get married, when we seek wholesome relationships, when we are impatient, when we need confidence, we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. When we are down, when we encounter a crisis, when we lose our passion, I've been there, when we lose our passion, when things don't go well, when we're sad, when we wonder if our faith is weak, when we face temptation, when we are too busy, we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. When we feel God has been distant from us, when we have a bad feeling, when we start something new, when we have a lack of interest, when we can't sleep at night, when we get into a fight with someone, we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. When we are tired, when we sin, when we are filled with worry, when we want to worship the Lord, when we want to pray, we should let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. I guarantee you, probably all of us have been able to identify with at least one thing in there during times when we must let go, trust, and rely on the Lord. 20 years and one day ago, (laughs) I saw a devotional, actually, ironically, called Let Go. 20 years and one day ago, July 27, 1999. It was by David C. Egner. And I'm going to read this. Please listen. Open up your hearts and listen to this. In an article for Campus Life magazine, Susan Smart describes her third and nearly last solo flight. She had been practicing a maneuver at 5,000 feet when she lost control and her Cessna 150 began spinning wildly toward Earth. After several seconds of panic, she recalled her instructor's words, if you ever go into a spin in a Cessna 150, just let go of the controls. It's built to fly on its own. Susan shouted to herself several times, let go, let go. Finally, she yanked her hands from the controls and covered her face. After some wild yawing and pitching, the plane returned to level flight. She had fallen more than a half a mile, but she survived because she had the faith to let go. Her experience vividly illustrates what it means to trust God in times, in a time of crisis. I know that it's hard to do when it feels as if everything in our lives is spinning wildly out of control. Our feelings cry out for us to panic, to doubt, 
his promises, to ignore or disobey his instruction, and to try to solve these things without him. But those responses are futile. Is your life in a spin? Let go of the controls. And at the bottom, it says this, and I'll never forget, the best way to handle a problem is to hand it over to God. The best way to handle a problem is to hand it over to God. One of the most favorite scriptures I have is Proverbs 16.3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. And if I was speaking in Japanese, the word in Japanese for commit is yudaneru. I know you all knew that. Yudaneru. It's to entrust. But it's not just to entrust. When you look up the definition for yudaneru, to, 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 to commit, it says to entrust everything, to let go of everything, to surrender everything, to give away everything. That's what it means to entrust. Yudaneru. Well, before I came here today, I looked up the definition for everything in the dictionary. And it was one of the most significant definitions that I've ever seen in my life. The definition for everything was this. Everything. Everything. Everything means everything. Surrender everything to the Lord. Not 50%. Not 25%, not 75%, everything. Okay, everybody, repeat after me. Everything. One more time. Everything. We are to commit everything to God. Everything means everything. In 2008, I had the opportunity to participate in the Hartford Marathon up in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm a marathon runner. I like running. And so I, a Hispanic church up in Stanford approached me, Stanford, Connecticut. They said, we need, we, we need a project. We have a project here in our church, and we need money. I said, well, what do you want, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I, don't have 12, I don't have thousands to give you. They said, we'd like you to run for us. What? I said, yeah, you like running. You like running marathons. You run, you run and we'll raise the money. And, and we'll sponsor you. I go, really? Okay, all right. So we did it. So I began training six months before. I trained every day. I trained, I trained in the summertime. I was out there running. And in the end, we eventually raised $12,500 that went to the project, and they had a big team come that did all the work. Carpenters, electricians, everybody came. So they did like a $50,000 project. Well, during the marathon, 26.2 kilometers, or, I mean, miles, and kilometers is 42.195 kilometers. About at the 10-mile mark, 11-mile mark, I pulled the hamstring. So I'm running. I'm running for this church. They're expecting me. They're all at the end. Everybody's there waiting for me. And I'm running. And I pull the hamstring, and I go, oh, my. Now, I'm being very respectful today because some of the words that came out of my mouth 
I can't say right now, especially because this broadcast is going live on the web, but thank God no one was around. God was there with me, and he let me be Brian at that time. I was in pain, and I said, oh boy, what am I going to do? Like David, like Jesus, well, not that extreme, I was in a pickle. I was in a pickle. I was in trouble. I was in distress. And then I prayed and I said, God, you, you, you got to help me. Everybody's waiting for me at the end of the marathon. Everybody. I don't want to give up. So I began to shorten my pace, shorten my stride. And I chuckled right, I just struggled right, right to the end. About a mile before, I see these people running beside me. The people from the Hispanic church were surrounding me. The last mile, on the left, on the right. You know, they were speaking Spanish. I don't know what they were saying, but they were, I think they were saying, hang in there, hang in there, you can do it. And I came into the finish line, surrounded by all these Hispanic people. Thought I, was, I, I, I felt like a king. Literally, I felt like a king when I came in. And I finished that race, and I said, thank you, God. And every, we were surrounding, everybody was there, we were laughing, we were crying, and it was really great. And they said, how was the race? I said, well, other than what I said at the 10-mile mark, and how I feel now, it was good. But let's just forget that. <laughs> God forgives, amen? But I had to let go. I had to let go and trust the people that were around me because they were encouraging me. They were there encouraging me. You can do it. You can do it. I, had, I, I couldn't have an ego. Like, I don't need your help. I can do this on my own. No, 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 no. I received strength from the people who were there, and I had to let go and trust God. Amen? I had to let go during that time and trust. And I was able to get my mind together, my heart together, my body together, and I was able to finish the marathon. I'll never forget that day. It was a glorious time, and, and we had a big worship service, a huge worship service. The project was completed, and it was a wonderful time. The bottom line of today's scripture is this. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. I'm reading from the King James Version. Now I'm switching. It says, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. That's Psalm 31, verse 1. Verse 9 says this. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Okay? NIV says it a little bit different. But the King James Version says, I, in you I put my trust. And 9 says, O Lord, I am in trouble. I repeat, David cried out to the Lord. David knew his only hope was to put his situation in God's hands. I'm sure there are many of us here this morning, many of us, who have had pickles in our lives. I don't mean the eating pickles. You, some of you are probably thinking, why does he keep on mentioning pickle? You know what a pickle is. You're in, you're in a, you know, struggling, you're in a situation. And I'm sure all of us in this sanctuary right now identify with David and what David was going through. And you can identify with yourself and other people and relatives and friends and families. We've all been there. We've all been there. And if you haven't been there, I want to meet you after church today. 
because I guarantee you, you will be there. You will be there at least once in your life, you will be there. I brought myself, and before I ask, before I ask uh, uh, Jay to start the video, Derek Redman in the 1992 Olympics was in that race. And I want you to see what happens during that race. Very famous, Derek Redman in the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. Derek Redman never won that race. But he did. Derek didn't give up. David didn't give up either. Neither was, must we. When you don't give up, you cannot fail. I have some news, breaking news this morning at Crossroads Church. You will fall. There, there will be times in your lives and our lives where we will mess up. We will. That's guaranteed. But our Heavenly Father is there for you, is there for me, is there for us, was there for David, was there for David, Red, uh, uh, Rec, uh, um, was there for him too, Eric Redmond? And our Heavenly Father will even break through security to get to us, just like Derek Redmond's father did. He will break through your security. Whatever barriers you have up, God, I don't need you. Not now, later, tomorrow. I'm busy. No. God will break through your security. Amen? He will break through your security. You've been there. I'm not asking us, each one of us to come up here and, and share everything. I'm not doing that. I've been there before. He broke through my security. He came right through. Put your trust in God today. You say, well, I don't know how. I'm, see, I'm about simplifying things so we all understand. I'm kind of dense sometimes. So I need it to be very simple. Put your trust in God today. You so, say, I don't know how. Well, first step, be honest and say what David said. In you, Lord, I take refuge. Or the King James Version says, in you, Lord, I put my trust. Cry out. He also said something else. He said, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am distressed. Or have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. I put my trust in you, I'm in trouble. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. It's together. You say, well, I still don't know how. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you even more. Let's look at a song called He Knows My Name. Now, I'm not going to sing the whole song. I don't want you all to leave, okay? He Knows My Name. There's four areas in here that are really significant, I think. And if you don't know how to trust God, if you forget my message, any of my message today, I'd like you to remember this song. These words, it says, He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls. He hears me when I call. He knows my name. 
He knows our names. In other words, he knows you. You can't escape. He knows my every thought. He knows our thoughts. He sees each tear that falls. Yes. He sees your tears when you're by yourself, not in church. When you're by yourself, when you're in your bedroom, when you're, when you're somewhere and you're crying. You say, well, I've never cried. Oh, really? Well, I'll meet with you afterwards because I, I probably can give you something to cry about. <laughs> you will cry. He sees every tear, each tear that falls. He is an active God who loves us very, very much. And our Father is there for us when we mess up royally. It doesn't have to be a big mess up. It could be a small mess up. It could be a medium mess up. It doesn't matter. I don't even know how you say this is small, this is medium, this is large. I mean, it's not like McDonald's. I want a, you know, a, a, I want a french fry, small, medium, large. I don't really, you know, you mess up, you mess up. But he sees each tear that falls. And the last thing is, he hears me when I call. David, this sums up, this song, he knows my name, sums up what David was feeling, what David was going through. He was in a pickle. He had a difficult time. And I believe that we were, are, will be in a pickle in our lives. And we need to trust God. Amen? When I started today before the service, I got here very early on meet up with Jay, confirm things. It's been a while since I preached, you know, and, you know, little jitters, you know, wondering how things were going to go. And, you know, you never want to get caught. You know, just you got to humble yourself before the Lord and you do your very best. I, I, have, I have my presentation here. And then I, I thought, okay, if my computer dies, I got it on my iPhone. And then I thought, okay, if my iPhone dies, I got a printout over there. I had a backup. I had two extra backups. But when I came in here today, when I came in here today, I was sitting with Jay. Right, Jay? We were back there. And we were talking about our bodies and physical ailments and all this. I said, how's it going? He said, well, I've actually, I've been, on the, I've been sleeping on the couch for three days. I go, oh, I'm sorry to hear that about you and Hannah. He said, no, 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 no. I said, oh, no, 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 you don't get it. I said, what? Oh, I'm sorry, you're hip, that's right, you're hip. So we both laughed at that. We both laughed. <laughs> Would have been a very difficult <laughs> But we were laughing. I said, you and I need to go out to eat together so we can share about our hip problems. You know? <laughs> that's the church. That's the church. The church isn't always perfect. The church is perfect. It's made up of sinners. You and me, yes, we're not perfect. That's why Christ came here. He came here to die for you, came here to die for me. And when I was in Japan, I, I shared the same message with the Japanese people, 120 million people. The same message. He came here to die for you and me as sinners. Who, yes, are lost, and we want to be there for, we, we want God to be there for us. In conclusion, I would like to state this, and if, Jay, if you could put up Isaiah 40, 31. Is your life in a spin? Is your life in a spin? The best way to handle a problem is to hand it over to God. Let go. Let go. 
So when you go home today, you write that on your refrigerator, on a piece of paper, not on the refrigerator, on a piece of paper, okay? Let go and pin it right to your refrigerator so that you'll never forget to let go and let God, to let go and to give it all to God. You see, King David sought and thirsted for God's presence. Do you? Do you seek and thirst for God's presence in your life? I do. I do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a mess without God. I'm a, I'm a mess without you too, Yvonne. She keeps me in line. But I'm, I'm a mess without God. David not only sought and thirsted for God's presence, he found help and restoration in the shadow of God's wings. David found help and restoration and the shadow of God's wings. And the good news is, we can too. And I'd like to read this here. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord, some translations say, wait in the Lord. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I don't know about you, but I want to have my hope in the Lord. I want to renew my strength. I want to soar on wings like eagles. I want to run and not grow weary. And I want to walk and not be faint. Each and every one of us in this sanctuary right now can identify with this. We're not going to all remember everything about David, but what I'm trying to do is to give you some help in remembering him. He knows my name song, and this right here. If you can remember these, you will understand the spirit of what David went through in his life. S some of us may or may not be going through some things that David was going through, but I believe that today's message is for each and every one of us this morning. It was for me as I was preparing today for this message and I really felt like God was saying Brian let go let go of those controls and trust me bro <laughs> trust me and that's what I want to do more and I hope that you want to do that even more so and maybe this is a little hint that says it's time to go <laughs> I'm going to pray would you bow your heads with me dear God thank you for this wonderful day that you have given to us we thank you, Lord, for everything that you, are, that you provide to us, Father, when we are not on our game. We struggle. We have struggles in our lives, Father. We have distresses. We have troubles. But I pray that you may help each and every one of us, Father, to call out to you, to cry out to you, Father, and to say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need your restoration in my life. I perhaps need to be forgiven of what I've done, Lord. Help me to let go. Help me to trust you more, Lord. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you may bless all those in this sanctuary, and even for those who aren't here, and for those who perhaps are listening on the web, I just pray that your, your hand may be upon them, Father. May you be with them as they navigate through life 
and as they have ups and downs, Father, please, help us to be able to have the courage and confidence that David had, the confidence in you, Lord. Help us to be encouraged by today's scriptures, Father. If we can't remember everything, Father, then help us to know that you know our name. You know our names. You know our every thoughts. Father, please help us. And you see each tear that falls from our faces. And you hear us when we call, Father. We are calling you. We are calling to you, Father. Please come into our hearts today. Father, we love you. And we know that you will continue to walk with us forevermore. Help us to let go. And to let God help us to trust you more, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.